one man, one mission to rid the world of low standard and mediocre acting once and for all. Brian Timoney, the world's leading authority on method acting, brings you powerful, impactful, volcanic acting and business of acting techniques in his special acting podcasts. It's Brian Timoney's World of Acting, Unplugged and Unleashed. Hi everybody and uh, welcome on to this podcast and as always I'm joined with uh, Rob here today. Hello. So Rob, today we're going to be talking about typecasting. Oh yeah. This is okay. uh, this is an interesting one because you know, often sometimes somebody will come up to me and say, you know what, I, the, what I really don't want is to be typecast. Well, they, they better get used to it buddy because they're going to be and that's for sure. Well, well <laughs> you're right. But the other thing is, I usually say to them, if you can get typecast, go ahead, my friend. Because you know I, what? That's a that's a way in. It's a, you know, it's a foot in the door. But um, people sometimes think about typecasting in a negative way, where, whereas actually it's not really. Well, I think about it in a very positive way. It means I get work. You know, mm. uh, I, you know I, I, I've been typecast, um, I'm sure, and I always seem to get similar sort of roles. And I welcome it. I welcome it. Why not? And you know what, Roy? It's kind of... You are definitely... Look... Casting, as human beings, we all fall into a, a category. Whether we like it or not, we do fall into a category. That's a fact of life. And so, you know, casting directors, producers, directors, they pick up on what category you fall in. Now, I don't mean this from the point of view of uh, your physical appearance necessarily, but it's rather what you emit as a human being, what what the real authentic you emits, the you that everyone knows and loves, the you that is... The real you. This is what exudes from you, and this is what casting directors will pick up on, and you will, whether you like it or not, be cast based on that. Well, you're absolutely right, and the thing is, when you walk into an audition, casting directors, agents, within the first couple of minutes, well, less than that, seconds, yeah. probably the first thirty seconds. Five seconds. Yeah. Five seconds. Yeah. Yeah. They say that from the walk from the yeah. from the door, walking in the door to the audition room to the chair, seven seconds roughly. Which is also about the average time, by the way, that casting directors will look at your photograph. Five seconds. Yeah. yeah. So you got they're already assessing you in that time and they're very good at it because they spend all their days doing it and so they pick up very quickly on what your type might be. Now, here's the thing though, Rob, because I I think that sometimes people can get a, a bit delusional about what their type is. You know, I think there's there's two forms. There's a, there's an internal image that people have about themselves, and this kind of affects headshots as well in a way. But we'll cover that another day because that's a big topic. Yeah. Um, but what they what they tend to do is that there, there can be an internal image. This people see themselves in a certain way, and they think that is where they're castable. You see, the thing is, they see themselves in the way that they would like other people to see them, but it isn't always the case. For example, you know, um, I've got a guy, a, a, a friend of mine, and he's, um, I don't know, he must weigh all of about seven stone, and he, he's, he, so he's a very slight guy, he, he, there's no muscle on him at all, he's very, but he would like to be seen as the big hard man. Mm. Well, he's never going to be. Not, not in the eyes of casting directors. Yes, he can be a dangerous man. He can be an evil man. Mm. But he's not going to be the big hard man. He's not going to be, old, uh, uh, you know, Schwarzenegger. No, you, it's a and great so, point, actually, yeah, because so. I remember as well there was um, there's this actress I knew who's 
a lovely girl, right? And very had a great comic timing. She had a lot going for her. But in her mind, she saw herself playing these romantic leads. But the way that she looked and the way that her demeanour and the way she came across didn't support that. And to be quite frank, she was a bit heavy, she was a bit overweight, and she was um, she was quirky, she was unusual. She wasn't pretty in the, the sense of what we would yeah. imagine a romantic I mean, lead to be like, but she had, she had something about her that was very castable. But the thing that mm-hmm. held her back was she didn't want to play the roles that she was good for. She wanted to play the roles that in her head she wanted to play. And I'm sometimes sure. it... It takes a, a good hard look in the mirror, Rob, yeah. and looking looking at yourself and going, what kind of type am I? And actually, I'll give you another tip on getting type in a minute because Rob's got something important to say next. Sure. But um, <laughs> but you've got to take that long, hard look and think, where where do I fit? And be really honest with yourself. And you have to look at what the industry is casting as well and see where you fit. Sure. I mean, you know, look, it, it, you can't, one can, and you often see it a lot, you know, you can cast against type, and you can play against type. For example, it, I mentioned Schwarzenegger a moment ago. You know, Schwarzenegger, as we know, is a big guy. He's six foot six tall. He's got muscles on his spit, and he, he, he's a really big guy. You know, but he could be cast as the timid guy that gets bullied. Yeah. You know, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? <coughs> Somebody yeah. like Schwarzenegger being the timid guy that gets bullied. He could, but it's unlikely. Well, and, you say so, that. Yeah. But I was listening to an interview with Schwarzenegger about this, and yeah. do you know how he, in the film Twins? Oh, yeah. Well, that all came about because there was a director that used to hang out with Arnold Schwarzenegger and knew him as a friend. And he said, you know, Arnold, one of the things that I've never seen you play in any of your movies is this, that you're very playful. And he says, you actually, there's a naivety about you. There's a sort of sense of fun and naivety and, and jolliness. He said, we, I've never seen that any film you in doing that. And he said, why don't we write a film that embraces that? And actually, we did see a totally different side to it. And put the brilliant Danny DeVito in it as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of Danny DeVito. But you see, the thing is, if the director saw that, in Schwarzenegger, then that was typecasting. That is typecasting yeah. because he saw that type in Schwarzenegger and he said, come on, this this is the sort of stuff you should be doing as well. Now, he, so, yeah, absolutely. And I used to have got an interesting story about this typecasting scenario, Rob, because there's, a, there's an actress in Hollywood, her name is Laura Cayouette, and um, she actually wrote a really good book. It was called No Small Parts. And she kind of talks about the fact that she built a career uh, playing small roles. And she was initially always very typecast in the roles that she got. She was very tall, she was very thin, um, you know, very classically, you know, sort of beautiful, really. And she was always getting roles where she either had to be in her underwear or in a bikini. And she she said, you know, initially it was fine. She said, but I got to the point, she said, I, I wanted to play other roles. And... She was actually in a bar, and she she met as you do in LA. You know, you meet meet Quentin Tarantino. Oh yeah, yeah of course. And um, all the time. She was. They really got on. They really had it off, right? And they had this conversation. And she says, "You know what? I'm really sick of playing these these roles where I'm in my bikini or in you know in my underwear." And he says, "You know what? I really want to cast you in something." He says, "And I swear to God, I will never do that to you, right?" Fast forward a while, and guess what happens? He does cast her. And he, he does want to cast on something where she's not in the bikini or in her underwear. Um, but as things panned out, <clears throat> that role, I think, went to somebody else or it got cut. And guess what? She ended up in a role where she had to be in her underwear. 
And she tells this story, actually, you know, it's really interesting because she said, you know what, I got sick of playing these roles, but I didn't let that affect me when I turned up to do the job. But she said, I took the job. She said, I turned up. Or, yeah, OK, I was in my underwear again, she said, but I was working with Quentin Tarantino. And he came up to me and, and she, he said, look, I know I've, you know, I know you didn't want to play this several roles, but I swear to you, he says, if something will come up in the future and we'll do work again. And... What happened was that fast forward, I don't know, five or six years, and he made uh, Django Unchained, and he cast her opposite, um, uh, what's his name? Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah. Uh, and she played his sister in that movie. And she said, you know what, typecasting, she said, gets you in the door, it sets your career up, and she said, then from there, hopefully you can make changes if you want to. She said, but you should never turn your back in it. That's it. Then from there, I mean, once you've established yourself in, 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 in a string of uh, small or medium-sized or large-sized roles, even if it is tough, once you've established yourself, exactly just to reiterate on what you've just said, yeah, then you can say, okay, I'm going to hold out for the part. Or you can reinvent yourself and hold out for the part you want, so long as you reinvent yourself within the framework of what you truly are and not some plastic imitation of what you want to be. It's got to be what you truly are. But that girl that was complaining about appearing in bikinis all the time, mm. you know what I think, in, in all seriousness, at the risk of sounding like a grumpy old git, I think that she should stop complaining and just thank her lucky stars to be, that she's in a To be fair, position. Rob, I'll stop you there. She, didn't, she wasn't complaining. Oh. She, was, she was actually, okay. she was saying that she had got a point in her career. She, she wanted to play other things. And I can understand that. Yeah. You know, she wasn't, it wasn't like she was saying, going, oh, guess what, I've, I've got another role playing. She was just saying, you know what, I got to the point where I've, I've paid my dues, I've done the bikini thing, I'm ready to move on to something else. Mm. Um, so, to be fair, she, she wasn't in any way, comp you know, sort of All mourning right. about it. It was She was just saying, look, it was time to move on to something different. If anything, actually, she was embracing the fact that she had been typecast because she said that... I, she said, I would never have met Quentin Tarantino, I would never have been in that movie unless I had been doing those sort of roles. So, um, it leads, one thing leads to another, of course, yeah. So, uh, here's something, uh, Rob. Here's the thing going back to this delusion thing, right? Because I want to I want to sort this out because I, I, I've seen this, I know this firsthand. Um, I've, I've had you know, I've had people in the past that have said, I'm not going up for this role because you know, it's for a smaller role playing a bellboy in a film, and I don't see myself that way. And people turn it down. I swear to God, hand on heart, I've heard this. And it's, it's, it's even a decent role with a decent director, right? Beyond me. But here's the thing is, if to kind of understand your type, I suggest try this out. Take a clipboard, go out into the street, dress fairly neutrally, and ask 20 people, what kind of job do you think I do? And what age do you think I am? And so on. And they will give you an answer. And you might see a trend, you know, maybe 10, 12 people will say, well, I see you, I think you're an accountant or something like that. Or I think, I, I see, I think you're a policeman. Um, and you might see a trend and you'll also see a trend in your age as well. So it's, it's a good way for an actor to get clear about what their type is. Um, How they come across to yeah, other people, yeah. Because then you, you cut out the delusion because you know what? If you ask enough people and you get a trend, it's not about opinion anymore. And by the way, this is this is something that's, you know that really bugs me, is it it's not about opinion, it's actually about what works. Because some people can have all different kinds of opinion about what your type is, what age you are, all these kind of things. The only way to really know is to ask enough people and you'll see a trend. Yeah, yeah. You'll see a trend as to how you come across. 
to other yeah. people. That's right. And how you come across if it's coming from your real self and not your uh, the, the, the put on self that you want people to see. Then that, yeah, you should take notes. Yeah. yeah, sure, sure you should. Yeah, and it's uh, it, it, it's great. But you know, typecasting is inevitable. Certainly at the beginning of your career. Um, and and well into it sometimes, mm. you know, it is inevitable. So um, just accept it and, and 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 embrace it because it's actually good for you as an actor. Yeah, to be typecast, it's good. It's very. Thank God I've been typecast. If I hadn't have been, I wouldn't have worked half the jobs I've done. You know, um, I normally get cast as scumbags and sleazeballs and that sort of thing. <laughs> but I mean, that's fine by me. You know, it, it, it's 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 good, and um, it, it it means I've worked with some great directors. And so don't don't. Uh, yeah, know, be afraid of typecasting. And and of course, once you know your type, once you're clear about type, because when you walk into the casting room, that is what they're going to see. That's what they're going to pick up on. Important point. You know, we said we'd come back to photographs later, but I yeah. think it is relevant in, yeah, in, in the typecasting thing because, of course, what is your first port of call to a casting director is your photograph. That's your very first port of call. They spend an average of between three and five seconds looking at your photograph. So you've got five, se three seconds to sell mm. yourself three seconds to sell yourself in that first port of call which is your photograph so your photograph oh god it's it's it this is a bugbear of mine actually brian um how many actors and actresses do you know brian that when you see their casting photograph you think well it was this it yeah. looks nothing like them mm. what they've done is they've gone they've Put the if it's a girl and some guys they've put <laughs> loads of makeup on they've spent a lot of money on the hair they've had the photograph airbrushed they've put their designer clothes on this is them that they would look for their a wedding or something mm. you know it, it's it's they don't look anything like them and so important that your photographs look like you and represent the image that you uh, consider your true self and typecast ability to be and and you're right you it's an interesting topic this because it's one that um you know we're, we're, work, well. we're working with students on we, we're yeah. picking their, their headshots and often um you know it's interesting because sometimes people will um you know have that internal image they see they think a certain photograph might look better than the, the mm. one that maybe i would choose um, or an agent. And the interesting thing is, though, that those are the people that will end up choosing a headshot. I don't know about you, Rob, but more often than not, with my headshots as an actor, it was nearly always um, the agent that picked the headshot that they wanted to work with. Always get somebody else to choose your headshot. Yeah. Preferably uh, a partner who, who knows you and who, who says, yeah, no, this is you. This looks like you. You are coming out of that shot. Preferably a partner, a parent, uh, a, a family member or a really good friend. Well, I'd, I have to disagree on that. Do you? Why? No, I'd never... This whole idea of asking um, a friend or family member... Because they are they are all those people a usually are not involved in the industry and b don't want to be honest you know they they're they, you think they're they're also trying to please that person well surely they'll pick the one that looks most like you well you'd be surprised but they don't and also they don't know what sells in the industry they, you know what is it you're actually looking for in a headshot as well it's like you're looking for oh. that person you're looking for something in the eyes you look there's all different factors that i think are completely oblivious to the man in the street and no disrespect to the man in the street but basically they are they are looking for 
the prettiest one. They're looking for the one that looks the nicest with the right angle. And that is not necessarily the one that will sell. And I can tell you from tests that we have done, you know, when we've carried out showcase um, marketing where we've got lots of headshots on display and we send that out, we, we can we know that um you know, certain headshots will do better than others and attracting attention, attracting people in the door as well. But you're right, it's got to be, they've got to be authentic, they've got to be, you know, they've got to be real to that person. I think it's just um, warts and all, is a phrase a phrase I've used on, on a few occasions, you know, the, 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 the thing that Cromwell said when he was having his picture done, he had warts all over his face and he said he wanted his painting to be painted warts and all, and this is where the expression comes from. And so... Uh, to use that expression, so long as the picture you have taken is warts and all, um, and you know why try and hide the double chin if when you walk into the room they're going to see it. Don't try and hide anything at all because it's all good actually. Yeah. And, uh, and and so yeah. So if you've got a, a slightly wonky eye, which I have, I don't try and hide that. I just yeah. I make a. In fact, I make a feature of it. Yeah. And yeah. And. Um, yeah, no, no, absolutely. You, you kind of got to basically what walks in the door is basically what's got to be in that headshot. Um, exactly. So anyway, and, and and also that's um, you know we've we kind of came off the subject slightly about type, well, but effects okay. type. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but type so yeah. So back to type casting. You know, um, it, it, it's a thing that's done almost uh, unconsciously as well by the directors and producers and casting directors. They've got this kind of image in their head of what they want. And um, very often they don't know exactly what they want until they see it, by the way, but they've got this very uh, rough image in their head of what they want. And that's it. That's what they're going to go for. And it's, So they want a guy that when he walks into the room is going to scare them. And if yeah. the guy is scary, then he's going to get past, you know, cast his... Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, they're looking for you know. They're looking for the inner quality. Yeah. Of, of, of the actor, not so much what what they look like physically, although that does come into it. But they're looking for what the inner quality, what what, what just what they pick. You know, you pick up things about people. You meet somebody for a first time, and you say, "Yeah, I like this guy or this girl, or I don't like him much." You pick up on things about people, and they do as well. And whatever they pick up on, that's that's going to be your your castability. You know. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I think you know the main points to take out of this conversation um, for everyone listening is, you know, don't be delusional about your type. Um, nope. Get get a clear picture of what your type is. And actually, there's nothing wrong with enhancing type as well. Um, there's a friend of mine is an actor who decided to kind of he, he was sort of always going up for the sort of edgy roles bad guys who are a bit out of shape and he um he decided he wanted to be a, a bad guy who's really in shape and tattoos and all that kind of thing and so what he did was he said i'm in that sort of bracket he said but i want to enhance it a little bit i want to see if i can develop it a little bit and that's not a bad thing to do either if you're already in a bracket in a niche then it's not a bad idea to to th- say how can i bring that out more or can I help um, yeah. make it even more clear than what it currently is, um, and and be honest about what the type is, and and ask people, you know, in the street, what do you think I do, and um, and that will make things a lot clearer. And don't turn your nose up at typecasting. Look, initially, if you're starting out, then. Go ahead, get typecast. You know, do those roles as often as you can because it's all about credits at the end of the day on your CV. That's it. Build and up your CV, man. That's 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 definitely what you what you want to be doing. Do you want to work? You know, do you want to work or do you want to sort of only accept the the the, the, the uh, limited number of roles that that uh, 
that you want or do you want do you want to work you know? yeah and that, actually that's a point that we, yeah. we haven't actually touched on up until now is that you know why we take the view of you know typecasting is not a bad thing and why other people um usually on the outside of the industry are coming into it um do look at it negatively is that we know initially it's about credits you know, it's like when you've got a CV that's um, fairly empty to begin with when you're starting out, your main objective is to fill that CV as many credits as you can. Um, and so if that means that you're going up and you're playing the bad guy all the time, then that's what you do. Because eventually there's enough credits on the CV for to get more work and then eventually maybe be able to play other different types I mean, of roles. I mean, one guy that's been typecast uh, and, and, and he's now a huge, a huge Hollywood star. Uh, I'll tell you his name in a minute. Um Without his typecasting, I'm not sure. He always plays the geek, geeky guy. Jim Carrey, I'm talking about. And, uh, you know, without that, I bet you Jim Carrey's pretty glad that he's been typecast as the geek because uh, he makes $25 million a movie now. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so you know, he's... <laughs> yeah. he's he, and actually, we see typecasting happening all the time in, yeah. in the big league, if you like. Yeah. Look at Clint Eastwood. Exactly. I mean, Clint Eastwood has been playing the same character for, I don't know, 40 years. I am to think Clint Eastwood's a good actor. He's actually. a great actor. And, yeah, you know, nobody and, can do yeah. Clint Eastwood like Clint Eastwood. Nobody can do the, the, that kind of character exactly. better than Clint Eastwood. Exactly. And that's something to be proud of, uh, you know, from his point of view, is that, mm. you know, there's no, there's no other actor on the planet that can do that as well as him. And so, you know, is it such a bad thing? I don't think so. It's a good um, thing. Okay, so um, I think that basically brings us to the end of this discussion, Rob. Well, we, 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 we've covered about 5% of typecasting, <laughs> but, but, but it's okay. You know, there's some, there's some good info there uh, to listen back to. Okay, see you on the next one. Yeah, cheers. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Brian Timoney's World of Acting. For more great content and to stay up to date, go to www.briantimoneyacting.co.uk. Make sure you listen next time where Brian brings you powerful, impactful, volcanic acting and business of acting techniques. We'll see you next time.